This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening. Welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 82. I'm your host, Adam Bell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. Yo. How you doing today, Peter? Awesome. Good. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And we've also got with us today Kevin Landers rounding out the, uh, you know, the global southern portion of the country. <laughs> How you doing, Kevin? This part where I say yeehaw? Yeehaw. <laughs> you can. <laughs> good that... morning, good afternoon, good evening, y'all. Y'all. You two are speaking Mason Dixon again, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I last week I didn't even think about it, and I said something about a big Hoss Daddy computer, and Kevin or Peter said, huh? "What is a Hoss Daddy?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend that really wanted to know, like, yeah. for, for literal purposes, for, you know, English. and Yeah, of course, I know what a host daddy is. I'm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had plenty of girlfriends leave me for a big host daddy. <laughs> oh. Or when you saw her boyfriend, he was a host daddy, and you left. <laughs> yeah. But there's a big boy. That, that there's a big boy. He said, <laughs> he said, hey there, fella, with the hair colored yellow. <laughs> what you trying to prove? <laughs> hey, you know, I was in Alabama. Okay, I'm with, I'm with Peter on this one. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> G- give, me, out. give me three steps by 38 special. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I knew that it sounded, it sounded too rhythmical to just be coming off the top of your head <laughs> that way anyway we we've we've definitely brought the iq down to you know grassroots i'm this sitting point. here wondering if the word rhythmical is a word is that a word no no but you we weren't going to point that out <laughs> we're going to fit right into this podcast all right great. <laughs> oh so so kevin What's uh, what has what has happened with you since you've been on the show last, Peter? Peter didn't know about your son Caleb, so that's one thing. Well, that's I was keeping a secret from him on purpose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, dude, Adam, you could not have set Wait. him up better from that one for that one with that softball. I mean, that was. Just... Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until recent that I even knew anything about my son Caleb. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, we've uh, got a wonderful, amazing 10-month-old baby. And as I say wonderful and amazing, I wonder if he's mine. Um, he is an amazing <laughs> we, child. We wondered the he same awesome. thing. Yeah, you know, they say you always know who your mother is, but your daddy is always a suspect. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. Sometimes I go, this kid's too amazing to be mine. Uh, but anyway, then I realize he's part of my wife. So, I guess that's the side that he gets it from. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, he's almost one here in November, and um, he is awesome. And so, fatherhood has been an interesting journey here for the last ten months. Yeah. How has it uh, affected your work and your business? <laughs> well, you know, about this time last year, I uh, grabbed a grenade off the shelf, off the shelf, 
and uh, just went, hey, here's my life. I'm going to toss this grenade into the middle of it and see what happens. So, uh, you know, we did construction in my house. We had a baby, or my wife had a baby. Um, and we also did a uh, merger. So we acquired a company, or merged with a company, rather, in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, so I don't know. The question might be, how has it affected work, and how has the work affected it? Because um, it's been a lot of interesting things coming from both directions. Well, the, the business doors are still open, and Caleb and you are still mm-hmm. alive. Your wife hasn't killed both of you, so I would say no, it's she would. fantastically successful. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say statistically? I would think, yeah, I would think that um, circumstances of wives killing husbands are probably outnumber those of mothers killing their children. <laughs> well, you know, my wife is in the medical field, and so she could probably kill me, and no one would ever know how and why I died. And uh, you know, I keep giving her more reasons, like personal health insurance, and then you know, the uh, key person insurance on the member. Uh, our <laughs> wow on our partnership in the business so you know if i died she's a rich woman so you know just and she, saying and she's <laughs> we're, like we're a, she's a lot, neuroscience yeah. right isn't she uh well she's a pa but yeah she works in neurosurgery right now yeah so she, she could definitely make it look like you, you've just got a little bit of extra water in your body you know, the, uh, the most excitement I've seen with her regarding her work is when she came home and said, hey, I got the drill head open. So, yeah, um, <laughs> she might not be one of those that really tries to hide it that well. I mean, she could just take it to walk and go to my skull one night. Oh, goodness. Uh-huh. So, All right. So what are we what are we talking about today? Yeah, what are we really here for? Yeah, what are we really? Well, uh what I do want to I do want to circle back around and talk about uh, the mergers uh, because you know that is a as a business owner you know you you know Dave Ramsey I'm quoting Dave Ramsey but it's not originally he says businesses are either growing or dying and uh, mm-hmm. we want to continue to make them grow and sometimes they have to grow exponentially and rather than the same you know, organic growth that you're getting by adding clients here and there as often as your marketing allows. And one of those ex- exponential growth is mergers and acquisitions. Mm-hmm. So I thought it might be an interesting topic. And since you're, it's fresh to you, you are uh, an expert. <laughs> Between the three of us, you've done it the most. I don't know, Peter, have you merged or acquired any companies in your... I have acquired two companies in my career. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, one was a uh, one-man show in a uh, town about uh, half an hour away, which is the largest, second largest city in Vermont. Um Essentially, you know, I gained an employee and some clients mm-hmm. and um, he lasted a little under a year and then um, left and um, it was pretty much good riddance. Mm-hmm. We kept uh, a couple of the clients that he had brought. So it wasn't a huge thing for me. Essentially, I got an employee and uh, didn't have to pay a ton for it. So mm-hmm. it was it was pretty, you know, it was a pretty affordable acquisition. I take that back. There are three, three businesses. Um, I also, I don't know if we've ever discussed it on this, um, but um, we've definitely been disgusted on this podcast. 
<laughs> have, have you uh, ever heard of the basic programming language? Of course. Of course. Okay. So this programming language was found, uh, was invented by two Dartmouth College professors, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kemeny and Kurtz, uh, back in the when was that? Was that the sixties, seventies? I don't remember. Um, and uh, as any good uh, entrepreneurial American would do, they sought to monetize this. Mm -hmm. So they had a uh, a company based around it named True Basic. Okay. And uh, apparently, it was pretty big in the '80s, and they, you know, they did pretty good. And then other basics, and then other languages came along and pretty much ate some of that market share. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did in 2006 or so, I believe, acquire what was left of that company. So yours truly is a former owner of True Basic and the True Basic programming language and all of its intellectual property uh, associated <laughs> therewith. Um, and then finally, I at one point spun off the web hosting uh, portion of my business. And then about two years later or so, bought it back for about a tenth of what I had sold it for. Cool. Yeah. So, so I have I have done a few. The answer, the quick answer is yes. I have done a few, um, you know, acquisitions and uh, not not mergers, but mm -hmm. acquisitions. Yeah. When I looked at it, you know, I was doing some just kind of business planning, and I really would like to be at the option of fifty five. Of, I decide at 55 whether I want to sell my company or I want to keep doing what I'm doing or take on a different sort of role or, or whatever. But uh, I was looking at the numbers and I wasn't even going to have that as an option at 55 based on... <laughs> you know, my previous patterns. So that's why I kind of looked into, you know, the exponential growth. And that's now part of my plan and, you know, we we all do it different ways like i did uh i did my company growth a little bit different than kevin you know by joining the mm -hmm. 20 group to where now i'm able to take on these larger clients that i didn't have to build up um you know there's there's arguments that, well there's not really arguments it's just a different way of having try, trying to accomplish the same things so but but really so kevin why don't you tell us a little bit about your your merger thus far i mean and you're you were let's see it was is it a year it'll be done in january january so we well we actually started the process september of last year mm -hmm. um so i guess a little background um i've been in business since uh 2000 gosh 2003 is when we incorporated and um and my partner now, Chip, uh, I don't know exactly how much, how long he's been in business off the top of my head, but we met in 2010 uh, at a Dave Ramsey Entree Leadership event in Nashville. Um, so uh, oddly enough, I met my partner at an event hosted by the man who would say that the only ship that won't sell is a partnership. Um, <laughs> so, um, and you but, said, uh, hey, I have an idea. But, let's let's become yeah. partners and go totally against yeah. all of the advice we're getting. Exactly. Well, no. Um, actually, he was the first person, Chip was, uh, to actually mention MSP to me. I didn't know about the MSP 
model of doing IT support. And um, so uh, anyway, so we just talked on the bus a couple of times. We talked at dinner one night uh, while we were sitting around table with like five or six other businesses. Um, didn't spend a lot of time together, but um, did exchange cards and uh, found ourselves the next year um, talking and deciding that we were going to do a call every Tuesday um, and spend about an hour and just troubleshoot each other's businesses. You know, where are you at? What are you doing? What problem are you having? What success are you having? And um, so we did that. I don't know that we actually did that for a full year, but um, but that would have been 2011 uh, that we did that. And, um, and then it kind of died off when we spoke every now and then. Um, so that kind of, you know, basically picked back up in 2006 or so. And, um, okay, sorry, Tim Richter's asleep. trying to call me. Tim Richter's <laughs> trying to interrupt my podcast. He got last. Just bring, week, just bring Tim Richter on the phone. It's like, it's not like he's ever been in our, on our uh, call before. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he knows what time it is. You told him I was on the show today, right? Gosh, we didn't tell him. I man. mean, <laughs> he's just trying to upstage me. That's all. <sighs> my, look at there. He's trying to call me again. Um, anyway, um, so we, uh, we've been, we've been joking for several years, Chip and I, uh, that, you know, when would he come to Charleston and work for me? When would I come to Knoxville and work for him? And, um, anyway, we just got to a point where it's like, you know what, we need to either quit joking about this or we need to try it. One of the two. So either put up or shut up. And, um, you know, one of the other things, I don't know if you guys have talked about traction or EOS on any of these calls, any of these podcasts, um, but uh, I had just started working with Ryan Giles out of Mississippi um, as an EOS consultant, having him help implement traction and EOS into our business. And he's yet another MSP, former MSP, um, that... Um, you know, I've always admired and looked up to other than the uh, two of you guys. And, um, and, uh, man, I lied and I lost my space. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm going to be slick and lie and slip right past it. And, uh, Ryan Giles. I don't know where I'm at now. Ryan uh, Giles. Anyway, Ryan Giles. Um, yeah, I'm with you. So, uh, anyway, um, he had been in a partnership and, uh, and had exited that partnership. So he'd been in amongst one and then he'd been bought out. And so we just brought him in to, to talk through the idea of a partnership with us. And uh, especially within the confines of a EOS uh, business, um, how would that all work? And so we spent about, gosh, four, five months, I guess, um, just running it by everybody we knew. We met with our business attorneys. We met with our parents. We met with um, other consultants and um, even our spouses had our spouses in the same room to see if they would kill each other or if they would murder us or <laughs> if they would laugh at the idea. And, um, and everybody always gave us a thumb up. So, um, so yeah, January we merged and it was, um, it's been very interesting I mean, you know, to us at least, everybody else is probably bored to death at this point. But um, <laughs> to us, it was, you know, it's been an interesting year. It's been a, a really good year, um, getting a lot of systems and, and processes in place and 
um, merging the two teams and building the team. And so you, how has it affected your bottom line? Um, actually, our margins have gone up while uh, probably our year-to-date is a little shy of where it was combined uh, last year. Um, our margins have gone up because we've focused on uh, what is our offering, what are what's the value that we bring to our customers, um, where do we need to be consistent, um, and how do we just you know how we we run more efficiently and more lean and and whatnot. Um, so this year we haven't really added much of anything. We've had a little bit of moving of clients that weren't really a fit uh, for us or we weren't a fit for them um, and then bringing on clients and being more choosy or is choosy a word? Um, being more selective of who we uh, do business with. Um, and so honestly, probably haven't brought in, I mean, again, haven't really brought any additional revenue beyond what we had last year, but uh, more margin, less headache, and um, you know a much better culture here in the office. So and sounds then, like a win. And then to point out, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys did. You didn't go with either of your previous company names. You guys went with a whole brand new, rebranded everything. Right, that's correct. So uh, you know, we felt that it might be a little bit confusing um, to use one versus the other. Um, honestly, just neither name really really fit what we were trying to do who we really wanted to be moving forward so we we took the the opportunity to go ahead and you know if we're going to rebrand might as well do it at the beginning so um so yeah so we changed the name to rocket wise um from fully involved solutions and uh chip was creekside technologies and um yeah so changed the name and um you know that's also been something that we've been able to get some buy-in from our from our staff because they're they're part of that process and you know it's new so have you had it's shiny people like it well and it, it just so happens that you guys are across state lines so mm-hmm. how how has that been navigating the the differences there <laughs> uh, what uh, what business from, form did you in choose what way to? okay well what what form what business form did you choose first uh, so uh, the the company that uh, surviving company I suppose is was my company. Uh, we decided we wanted to be incorporated in South Carolina. I already was. Uh, we are an S corp. Have been uh, since two thousand three. Um, so we uh, you know so that's the surviving entity, and we just renamed. Um, so we navigated that water in that direction. Um, Beyond that, it hadn't really been, um, I can't think of anything that's really been painful in terms of trying to get all that lined up other than, um, you know, trying to report sales tax in other states and cutting it off from one company to the other since there was that acquisition. So you do, I mean, do you have to pretty much you you got to segment your income from one state to the other and make sure that you keep it separate and you probably can do that just by customer right so you don't have a lot of crossover that you have to worry about yeah and then there are also you know there's systems and tools that help make that a little bit easier for us um Mm -hmm. so as far as you know calculating tax and all that our 
our platforms we use there there are things that you can plug into there to keep those tax numbers all figured out and, and whatnot so so don't work work smarter not harder yeah. um we just kind of leverage those and and then we work with um accounting firm and a tax um reporting firm that um that both have experience they're not even in either of our states um so they have a national client base and they're used to to dealing with you know the varying states and companies that are in varying states and uh, some companies are even international so um long story short we got smarter people in the room and and uh follow their directions yeah that's a big deal because i the the only trouble that i've ever had was when i was I knew more than my accountant and I'll never know more than my accountant again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I don't want to be the smartest man in the room on much, Um, you know, and, um, and that was something that we both agreed going into this um, was that that was an area in which we have found ourselves usually being the smartest person in the room with regards to, and, um, and we even outsourced a ton of stuff, but still, we just had issues with uh, some of our vendors. So, anyway, so yeah, we've um, got a good couple teams on, you know, on, um, I guess, on deck working with us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I used the word on, and I'm trying to figure out how to tie that into a sentence. <laughs> uh, we have, we do have good vendors we're working with now, partners. So what would you recommend would be the, the key to a successful merger if you were just giving it as advice? Oh, man. Um, ask every question, um, even if it makes you cringe. Think through all the worst and be sure that uh, you're both equally up to the task. Um, ask everybody you know that you trust that, that should have value in your or invested in your business um for advice um you know i mean i I guess the thing with uh, chip and i was you know that worked for us is that we both know one another enough that we knew a lot of the answers already we also knew one enough well enough to know that um there wasn't really any question that we weren't willing to answer and um so we weren't hesitant to ask um we also you know our legal counsel um vetted it and asked you know gave us direction on the questions we needed to be asking one another um and um you know so i mean transparency is going to be the is going to be the key to that i I believe um and being on the same page and having a same sheet of music to dance from so i mentioned traction in eos earlier um Mm -hmm. so again if you guys haven't talked about it, it's traction there's a book written by gino wickman uh, called traction and um honestly if we were not doing traction in this business we would not have done the merger period um just because there would have been chaos there would be both of us wanting to do things different ways and you know each one knowing better how to do do this or that um and I think traction has helped us just put a lot more clarity on where we're going. So we have a five-year goal, um, and we know what our three-year goal is to get there, and we know what our one-year goal is to get to three, and we know what our quarterly goals are to, to help us to get to that one-year goal. Um, we have clarity on that. We have clarity on, you know, 
what our purpose is, what our niche is, what our core values are. Um, and these are all things that uh, working with Ryan Giles, he helped us flesh out and, and figure out and discover. Um, and, uh, you know, and the other thing is, most important thing is, once you know what your target is, once you know what your five or 10 year plan is, once, once you know what a win looks like, um, the thing I have to keep doing every time we have a conversation is always have to step back and go, is this, do I want to win the war or do I want to win the battle? Mm-hmm. Which one's more important to me right now? To me, the battle, a win, well, let me rephrase. Winning the war is making it to our five-year goal and, and reaching or surpassing it. And so if we're, you know, not that we've really, you know, argued about anything, but if we're debating something or we're discussing something and I feel like it should go one way, but honestly, Chip doesn't, and we go back and forth, um, you know, the thing that helps us keep on track is I just have to go, you know, is this really going to get us to our five-year goal or not? Does it really matter? And if it doesn't, then who cares? Move on. Let him, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> as long as it's not a decision that's going to like implode our company. Um, you know, you have to, have to keep that in, in mind and, and keep it on focus. And, you know, if we, again, if we didn't have traction, um, and have a, a way of having those conversations and talking the same language. And we also wouldn't know what our five-year plan is. And so we probably would be trying to die on the hill rather than, you know, when, win the war. So, um, don't know. That's just one thing that comes to top of mind. Cool. Peter, have you, have you read traction? Yeah, it's uh, it's a yeah. really it's a, well I I think because when I really got engaged with it, you were at Dartmouth, and it really wasn't something that would be applicable uh, there. But it's you know the EOS is the Entrepreneur Operating System, and it's uh, it's it's really good, and it's it it's really good for like Kevin was saying, driving the direction of the company, you know driving it based on core values and driving it or running it based on core values but then driving it based on on your goals and and constantly realigning to those goals quarterly which is a is a big deal and uh i mean it's it's simple when i say it like that but you know so is being married That's what I hear. You just get married and you're happily ever after. You just do traction and you've got a successful business. Ta da! Right, right. No hard work. Well, why the hell did you guys tell me that years ago? Jeez. <laughs> we probably did. We probably did. <laughs> no, I, I remember guys talking about traction some time ago, and I remember um, what's his name there, the uh, the British guy was doing it in his group, and uh, when we were all in the um whatever we were called producers club inferno inferno oh yeah (laughs) yes and when we were in that i remember the other guys group was doing that and we were all like why why aren't we doing something like that and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and brian from canada the brian la chapelle he was doing it and he he had been his business was actually pretty further you know at that point further along than ours you know because he was probably two or three steps ahead with having implemented these things and implemented marketing Mm -hmm. systems and you know so we're all there now (laughs) but but yeah that's cool so uh 
any more any more things we want do you want to ask kevin anything else about about merger at this point no i think he hit on all the questions i was going to ask cool cool so one of the things that that peter and i have talked about just very briefly scratch the surface is signal are you familiar with signal kevin it sounds familiar not just because it's an english word that i've heard often but um no it does sound like a familiar <laughs> brand i tell me what is it okay so so signal is a uh encrypted messaging system so I mean you okay. and it, I mean it's not it's not terribly complex you install the app on your the signal app on your phone you install the signal uh, program on your computer and then you mm-hmm. can send secure messages that are encrypted that you know can't be picked up along the way and there's no there's no carrier of it like you know like Facebook Messenger mm-hmm. the messages may be encrypted but the wrappers got everything that came out of it uh, so Peter was interested in Signal and sh- shot it to me, and I just, I kind of just, I was like, yeah, that's cool. I don't ever have anything <laughs> secure that I need to say, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, so a couple of couple of things there. It's not just an application; it's also a protocol, mm-hmm. and okay. and the protocol guarantees end-to-end encryption. So, what's different between something like that? and say Apple iMessages or Skype or Google Hangouts or whatnot, is that mm-hmm. it's you, you can't eavesdrop in on the call. Um, now to mm-hmm. that end, supposedly WhatsApp and Skype and Facebook Messenger are incorporating the Signal protocol and using it now in their messengers as well. Um, but okay. what's different is that Signal is now run by a nonprofit organization and not by a corporation who wants to monetize you and your communications. And, okay. and Adam, just because you think you don't have something secret, just remember that all the data that we put out there, whether it's in email or in a podcast mm-hmm. or on our website or in forums or in text messages is being aggregated and can be used to put together a profile on you mm-hmm. oh yeah and this is where you put on the tinfoil hat and say like <laughs> you know and somewhere down the line perhaps somebody can use this information against you now to quote jim gaffigan um you know yeah a lot of people are angry that trump got elected but i think as a heterosexual white guy i'll be okay <laughs> 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 that yeah. may not apply to everybody on this call, Kevin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we don't hate you for it, okay? So I just want you to know that. Uh, but it, it's really easy to say, I have nothing to hide, therefore everything is out in the open. And sure. I think it's safe to say that plenty of people have thought that way over time and probably changed their minds when things went south. Or they're taken yeah, out of context. Well, not to not to get uh, you know political, um, but just recently with the Supreme Court, you know, all that mess with Kavanaugh. Um, regardless of which, regardless of which side you come down on it, I think we can all agree it's mess. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I mean, shoot, you probably did stuff that was stupid when you were younger, and Lord, Lord forbid you were younger as you know someone who grew up in the. 90s or early 2000s who grew up young and stupid you know in the years of smartphones um 
because God, I can't imagine what you know what would have been recorded be out yeah. there if I had a smartphone <laughs> in the eighties, right? <laughs> Say what? Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, that stuff can haunt you later on when you uh, want to really do something with your life other than be young and stupid. And um, yeah, I mean, it's out there, man. It's not, it's not going away. So anyway, um, so I was only saying that to agree that yes, uh, that stuff could be, uh, it can be used in some way or shape or form. Yeah. Now, particularly if you are a political dissident uh, or a mm-hmm. journalist who is um, investigating something like this, this is where you know privacy really can be a life or death thing, and um, you know that's one of the focuses of of the Signal uh, Foundation is to provide people with a secure way to you know to communicate. Um, mm-hmm. Last I checked, I think we still had some sort of implicit rights to privacy in this country i may be wrong uh, <laughs> the, but, um, it, they were yeah. repealed they were repealed. oh shoot i missed that <laughs> darn it i guess i'm a criminal for using signal right <laughs> yeah and, and here's the funny thing taken out of context now you know somebody could take that quote and use it against me down there. Well, Peter Nicolaitis admitted that he was a criminal uh, <laughs> yeah. you know? well all entrepreneurs are criminals yeah <laughs> Well, exactly, because we have businesses that we didn't build, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and suddenly we're political. Suddenly we're political. Well, yeah, I mean, just I'll say this and then let it lie. I mean, with the, the Patriot Act, which has never been repealed since it was enacted for 9-11, there is really everything that we say is re- is recorded and thrown up in a computer and analyzed somewhere and decide whether they want to record more conversations about us <laughs> i mean that's not even so when the nsa reviews this because i said the word nsa and we just got flagged because i said the word flag um yeah it'll be uh We'll at least have a couple thousand viewers. Uh, might yeah. not be because of you know your amazing online social media, but uh, nothing else will be because I said NSA and you know. Yeah, but don't you think that's schmucks a having false to listen flag? to this whole thing now to see why why that got flagged? But don't you think that's a false flag, Kevin? <laughs> false flag, maybe flag on field. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So the I was looking at when I was looking at Signal and I was doing a little bit of research on them and I was trying to figure out, you know, how they made money in order to, to do this. And, you know, and, and uh, Peter told, well, Peter, tell everybody how this kind of, you know, Signal came to be as a... So so, so Signal originally, I don't know if, if it's fair to call it a hobby or, but, but it was a project of a, a hacker known as Moxie Marlin Spike. And I didn't take the time because you asked me right as we were getting going. And I don't remember where I first heard of him. I think it was, I don't remember if he had uh, created a hacker tool or if he had found a, um, you know, disclosed a vulnerability. I I don't remember. Um, But he's a real, uh, Trump, I'm sure, would love this guy. Uh, He's a real counterculture, cyberpunky, dreadlock um you know guy which uh but he doesn't weigh 400 pounds so maybe he's okay um but uh, i remember him uh, being interviewed and he was talking about how uh, he makes a regular practice of squatting and doesn't have a regular address 
and uh, you know real not not your typical what what uh, you know like most citizens would call a fine upstanding individual um, unless again like I said you know you're a political dissident in uh, desiring of uh, secure communications and anonymity and privacy so he created this signal protocol and I believe up until earlier this year, it was just a handful of developers, uh, Moxie and, you know, like think three or four others. And then, and this was only a revelation for me a couple weeks ago, when the founder of WhatsApp quit Facebook, as we've touched on in uh, the last couple episodes, um, he invested $50 million in the Signal Foundation. So now it is a, an actual funded nonprofit organization. And I am just assuming um, that if it isn't already, it will be receiving funding from groups such as the Electronic Freedom Foundation, Amnesty International, um, and, and you know perhaps uh, journalism organizations who want their journalists to be able to securely and safely communicate with dissidents, for example. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it would um, it will probably get money, but as it is a nonprofit, I'll bet you I haven't even looked, but uh, I bet you if we look on signal.org, there's probably a way you can donate. Yeah, I didn't see one, but I would, yeah. Yep. But- but I will, I will, I will. Google has the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, one of the things. So I was looking in e- Iran and Egypt and a couple other places. You know, blocked the use of that. Well, they were trying to block the use of it, and then Signal started doing what is it? The domain fronting, which domain fronting. Yeah, yep. which Peter and I both agree sh- you shouldn't do. I mean, what they were doing mm-hmm. is they were presenting themselves as Amazon when they, mm-hmm. you know, when when they generate traffic. So these countries don't want to block amazon they don't want to block google so they present themselves as google or you know and google shut them mm-hmm. down on that and then amazon all they also got notification that they were being shut down on that ability and and i agree i mean because mm-hmm. you don't yeah, want so essentially when you're trying to make a phone call or when you were using signal it would look like you're, you know, you were amazon.com the only way to block the call would be to block all of amazon.com or google.com mm-hmm. And um, okay. generally, when countries do that, it does not go over well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But people I mean, notice and they bitch loudly. <laughs> I mean, we've we've got missionaries in countries like Iran and Iraq, and they've got to communicate back to the states, and they it's got to be encrypted. I mean, they can't send an email. They can't send anything. So things like signal are useful mm-hmm. <laughs> in encrypted yep. messages yeah and i you know look i i, I gotta I, I i remember we had that whole the, the right to be let alone thing i believe that was a thomas jefferson thing um maybe it was john adams i don't remember but um you know until i hear otherwise i i think we have the right to privacy and I think it's totally cool for me just to, uh, you know, have a chat with you and not feel like anybody is listening. You know? <laughs> yeah. If, if, if we want to, you know, pretend that we're on Snapchat with our significant others and exchange naughty pictures, then, you know, we should have the right to do so in <laughs> privacy. <laughs> 
and since we work in tech, we know that Snapchat isn't really secure, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, no, it vanished from the phone. Therefore, no one saw it except that girl that I sent it to. And then it's on the front page. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, this is kind of a side thing, but I just got an, I got an email while we were talking. A vendor that requires ACH for me to be able to do business with them, they sent me the ACH form via email. And I sent her the filled out ACH form returned via secure messenger with instructions that said, do not send this form over email. You may or may not know, you know, I said, I'm just gonna harp because I'm a cybersecurity, that's what I do, that's my world. You can't send this stuff in clear text because you're sending it over the internet to the world. It's not secure, anybody can read it. So please do not send my ACH form over the internet she sent it to my banker and CC'd me on it. I'm like, I am, Adam, I'm so people, irritated. <laughs> people are stupid. They don't understand. And when they don't understand, they take the action that they think will allow them to achieve their goal. And they don't understand the consequences and they don't appreciate them and therefore we're all screwed. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, part of me is like, I don't want to do business with you because you're so stupid, but I really kind of need to do business with them. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how that works. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 um, <laughs> I had a, oh, when I was, one of the times in a recent, I don't know, I think it was when I was applying for a mortgage for my current place or one of my refinances, I don't remember. Um, I told my, um, uh, my broker, you know, I said, so uh, how can I get this um, information to you securely? And she said, oh, my email is secure. Yeah, just put secure in the subject line. <laughs> and, yeah, and I said, uh, well, you know, sometimes that works, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah. not just because the word secure shows up. Um, and I, uh, I said, how do you, what, what does that mean to you exactly? You know, that this is, it's secure. You know, most people don't even know what that means. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, oh, it says it's secure. But like, you know, yeah, I don't know. There's, it's getting better. More email providers are encrypting things by default. But then again, the next question is once you've sent it and you've gotten it into the recipient's hands, um, how, what do you, what do they do with it then? How do you know that they're going to take good care of that data after it gets into their email? Yeah, once they've received it, how do you know they don't print a copy out and leave it lying on their desk and have the cleaning lady come and take it away? Not that I have anything wrong with cleaning ladies. <laughs> so those are my the you know, other things that people just don't think about. <laughs> she got an email with exclamation and capital letters. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excellent. Why don't you just share that? Why don't you share that uh, email with us? Just add it to the show notes and include your ACH yeah. while you're at yeah, well, while I'm at that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. oh, <laughs> so irritated. Yeah. So, do you can you find out her supervisor? I I shall, I shall. 
Is this person? Actually, can we send her a blank ACH form? Would she fill it out and we could post it on Facebook? <laughs> yeah. She's the she controller. Might. She is the controller. Can you see, are you at liberty to say what this company is? No, I can't. Not right now. But I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we deserve to know. Yeah, I, I'll I'll About tell you offline. Seconds after the show. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as I stop recording, I'll let you know. You can tell me over. <laughs> Actually, signal can you, if you like? Can you text it over signal to uh, Peter, and then Peter will just say it for you. That's <laughs> yeah. what I said. Oh goodness. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. So, so, so hey, a couple of other things that we mm-hmm. haven't gone over. We mm-hmm. we normally uh, go over things like um, physical hobbies and and stuff like that. But but Kevin so rudely interrupted all that by joining our show today and being our <laughs> special guest. So, um, so Adam, what, what's going on? How's your back? Today is the best that it has felt in a really long time, um, and. And, and I attribute that to, I mean, well, I guess the body healing. And I've been trying to do, uh, you had you had put together a yoga uh, plan for me and that wasn't helping me not, I, I don't, it wasn't hurting me, but it, I think my body just healed. You know, I just had to get to a certain point. I had, yours was a little intense for me I needed mm-hmm. to drop it down to like four exercises, mm-hmm. which which really worked. And they were extremely like granny exercises. Like <laughs> your granny could do them and she would be like, is this yoga? Yeah. <laughs> well, I noticed that you found, um, I noticed that the exercises that you found were essentially a subset of the, the routine that I had given. Yes, you. and that's what I liked it because I was like, okay, this will work. It's very similar. It's But what it did is it took the intensity way down. Not that mm-hmm. I was doing it very difficult, but um, I think I was, I mean, I just, I didn't know how to bring it down to the mm-hmm. easy level that this woman did. And I think that was partially because of the search of, I did the search of like, I am actively in sciatic pain. <laughs> and so she did it as if you were in pain and that that really helped. Gotcha. So yeah. that's that's where, for instance, a an instructor might be able to like give you some coaching mm-hmm. and say you know, like, Oh, if you're feeling this, back off. And, you know, if you need to modify, do this, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, like if you were in the room, you would have said, okay, do this. And then you say, I'd say, oh, man, that's killing me. Okay, then what Don't you really, <laughs> what you need to do here, back this out, put a pillow here, you know, sit on this block, because that's exactly. going to help you be able to get into that position without hurting. So that's mm-hmm. definitely the benefit of a live instructor. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the definite, you know, like one hard and fast, like rule zero of, of yin yoga and any yoga would be, you know, pain is to be avoided. Mm-hmm. You should not be doing things that hurt, you know, discomfort, not, you know, some some dull achiness. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sensation. Absolutely. Pain. Nah. Mm-hmm. Well, so you, you had asked because I told you the, the sphinx posture kill, yep. killed me. Uh, yeah, but no. I, I was just barely, I would get into it, I'd lean back as far as I could and stay as long as I could and then got out of it. And primarily I laid there with my head on my hands 
on the ground. <laughs> that was about as intense as I could do. I could lift my legs. Uh, but you know, it, it really, really hurt to do it this morning. But after I got loosened up, you know, my day has been so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. definitely don't want to do things that are, are hurting. You know, there's like, you know, some 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 strain and, and you know, like like hurt so good kind of pain. That's one mm-hmm. thing. But like, ah, oh, oh, man, kill me now. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, I was, I was at kill me now. And then so I've still got my physical therapy scheduled on Monday. I'm even if I feel awesome on Monday, I'm still going to go because I want to. You know, I want to describe my pain and be able to have some strengthening exercises to prevent that from occurring again, as well as, you know, I want to be able to do all the things that you had put together uh, to keep keep it. I've, I've never had this is the first time I've ever had sciatic pain and I don't ever want it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so it's so deceiving because you think that the pain is in your, you know, in the big portion of your glute, right? In like your outside of your butt cheek, and you want to like massage that, but that doesn't do any good whatsoever. You know, <laughs> sitting, you know, I sat on a tennis ball. The tennis ball does help, you know, mm-hmm. but it's more or less pushing against your hip against the actual nerve where it's coming out of your hip along your back than actually mm-hmm. like you're not really massaging those muscles there so it has been a learning experience to me and i definitely feel for people who live with chronic pain um i never had the um, i had empathy before them before <laughs> now i have sympathy <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah it's no joke <laughs> now you can actually say i feel your pain i feel i have felt your pain i am so sorry <laughs> <laughs> Well, how about you? Are you uh, healthy these days? I am. I'm, um, you know, my neck and shoulders have been a little tight lately, but I can't complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, I was supposed to run a 5K with my girlfriend on Sunday, and uh, she had assured me that uh, even though I couldn't show up for the beginning of it, that it wouldn't really matter and that I could run it, you know, like any time. Um, since I had to teach yoga, I told her I wasn't going to be there until 1030 and it started at nine. I got there around 1030, got a parking spot, got in touch with her at 1045. She's like, yeah, everyone's done. Just come straight to the, to the party because it was an Oktoberfest party. Mm-hmm. So I had paid like $45 for the privilege of entering this, you know, this race. So like, well, I may as well get, get my beer and pretzels. So, uh, cause that's what you do at an Oktoberfest in case you guys didn't of know. Course. So uh, I went there and, um, you know, like I had a couple of drinks and uh, ate a bunch of pretzels. And then I went home and ran 5K. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so this might surprise you, but Kevin is working out now. That does surprise me. (laughs) Working out what? Like working out his issues, his frustrations? He's he's got a Don't you have like a coach and everything, Kevin? I uh, did until May. I did through May. Um, I am actually working in physical therapy right now, though. Um, I've had knee issues since high school from playing football, and um, they kind of got to a point where uh wasn't really going to be able to progress very much further until it was dealt with. So I have been for 
Well, I guess that's May, however many months that is. Someone can do the math later. Um, <laughs> been uh, going to physical therapy, working on my knee and uh, feet, heel, whatever. Yeah. Some tendon down there. Anyway, they yeah. just give me things to do, man. I just do it. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I told, or so I got the results of my X-ray. I think I told you that, didn't I, Peter? What the actual language? So they call they called me and said, "Well, we got the results of your your uh, X-ray. You've got degenerative disc uh, disorder as well as arthritis, mm-hmm. and uh, all that means is I'm getting old. <laughs> my, my the discs in my back are deteriorating, like." everybody else's is as they get older it's not you know i would i would want more than that i would i would say you know like i'm paying you a lot of money don't just tell me i'm getting old i knew i'm getting old that that, that we're all getting old yeah Yeah, i'd like i'd like maybe a percentage i mean so like other you know 44 year old men does their does theirs look like this you know like is mine thinner than normal or thicker or I don't know. Yes, it's thinner than normal. It's thinner than normal. <laughs> yeah. How thick is your disc? <laughs> yeah. Well, huh. and uh, she she did tell me though. She said, "Well, surgery really wouldn't make you feel better, you know." It, so so it was it was just not that big a deal. I'm like, Ugh. well, all this really feels like a big deal, but it's really not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just pain. It's just pain. <laughs> It's not a big deal as long as I'm not the one feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that empathy there. Yeah. Uh, so, well, cool. So, Kevin's in physical therapy. You've been in physical therapy since May. How long are they going to... How long until you'll be good? Or did, I don't they, know. You don't have that kind and of time? And I might be wrong with the May thing. I mean, it was somewhere, somewhere around that time, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just, I mean, it's getting better. It's improving. It's just not. I'm nowhere near perfect yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. See that? For, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew you, that was coming. I wonder you, if the rest of the listeners have picked up on the. All right. Uh, that's your right. that's your sign. That's that's it's, my sign. Uh, it's about time to wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, do we give now I think we 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 tried to let Kevin do the honors one time and he he, he botched it so um, botched it. I, you just didn't approve of it it wasn't family friendly but I heard you say the word bitch earlier so I'm assuming <laughs> you have upped your rating since the last time I was around well Kevin I've upped our ratings now it's up to you so up yours up yours <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. On that irreverent note, let's take us out. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, Adam and I can be reached at blurringthelinespodcast.com. Kevin can be reached at rocketwise.com. If you are in the what area of coverage there, Kevin? Southeast, baby. You're in in the, the southeast. Well, that narrows it right down. <laughs> Well, that means, you know, if you don't have an IT guy or you do, or, you know, even if you're Adam's Adam's client, I mean, technically. (laughs) So technically you're going after Adam and Tim Richter's clients. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying I have clients in their areas, but no, I would not go after their clients. 
Okay, that's nice of you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, so that's how you can get a hold of us. Uh, send us feedback if you have any questions or comments or whatnot. Just 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 find us if you have any complaints. Rocketwise.com. Send Rocket. them all right over there. Right. They've got a form. They've got a form. You can just submit just it. Fill out that form. <laughs> fill it out all the time. And, um, you know, just, just don't stop. Just just fill it out. I'd, I'd automate it. Just repeat contact form. Just do that. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> yes. I'm writing a script to do it myself. So, <laughs> all right. On that note, I think... <laughs> I think it's about time before we uh, do anything else uh, that we hit the uh, big red button. Big red button! To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. 